Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So, this podcast... We're going to talk about how to get out of your creative box. So I sort of alluded to this with the last podcast, if you listened in on that one. And as promised, or as not really promised, more like uh, vaguely implied, uh, this week we are going to actually talk about some ways to get out of that creative box with different sounds and different little strategies. So... Let's just dive right in. So the first thing, and I know I've talked about this before, but is change that instrument that you start with. So I've mentioned this a couple of times, but there's there's definitely times that as a songwriter, I'll be sitting at the piano, which is usually my songwriting go-to. Uh, I definitely balance between piano and, and guitar, but I would say that there is an imbalance towards piano. It's my first instrument. It's the instrument that I am best at. I I feel it gives me more creative power right away for multiple reasons, um, including the fact that unlike guitar, where you can't really come up with the chords and melody at the same time, unless you're singing along. Like at a piano, I can just sort of improvise and I'm coming up with the chords and the melody at the same time without even having to use my voice at all. Um, and, and there are other reasons for that. But regardless of that, just sometimes switching the instrument can make a world of difference because sometimes there's no inspiration coming at the piano. But just changing to the guitar uh, can make a big difference. And sometimes it's even recommended, and uh, you know what, I, I would recommend it too, is it can be a good idea to sometimes even take an instrument you're not necessarily competent with, just because it's different, it's a different sound. Like, naturally, if you, you know, if you're not even really a guitarist, but you more or less understand how frets work and know that you can slide up a single string to change notes or whatever... So even if you're not a guitarist but you're and you're just a pianist, for instance, just going to the guitar and playing a melody on the guitar because the guitar just works differently. The guitar looks differently. It sounds differently. Um, you know, the same exact melody on a guitar and a piano, they sound the same because of the same melody, but they also sound very different at the same time. Which is why, you know, when when, when we have one of those, which I, I hate this stuff, but the like pop, pop what, what is it, punk goes pop or whatever, or pop goes punk, what, what, whichever order it is. Um, where punk artists do covers of pop songs, um, which, man, yeah, I just can't do it on any level. But if you're into that kind of thing, or if you at least know what I'm talking about, like, they do sound very different. Now, don't be that person that's like, oh, they made it a good song. Like, no, they didn't. The, the, the song is the exact same. The song doesn't change. The arrangement of the song is different. And a song is, is good or not good, I mean, there's a whole spectrum there, right? And then there's opinions in there. But if you think 
Like, oh, Miley Cyrus's whatever song is sucks. It's terrible. It's a bad song. She did such a bad job writing it. And you think the pop goes punk people like, oh, they made it a good song. Like, no, the lyrics are the same. The melody is the same. The chords are the same. The only thing different is you like the sound of it better. That doesn't mean you actually like the song better. It means you like the recording of the song better, the arrangement of the song better. But anyway, that is not the point here. So, um, so starting with a different instrument can go uh, a long way even if you don't understand that instrument as well. Or even, like, say you fancy yourself an acoustic guitar guy, and you're just always playing some sweet, sweet acoustic riffs, and playing, and your voice is all sultry, and, you know, everybody's just loves the sound of your voice, and it's so deep and sounds good. Like, maybe go to the electric guitar... Use some distortion. Use some, use some, some extra compression on that already compressed signal. Maybe just a little overdrive. Maybe you know different things you can try. Tons of echo type effects, layers of reverbs, and you know it's the same instrument. So you already are very competent at the instrument. You just never really play with the electric, or maybe you just use the same tone all the time. Just changing that tone can go a long way, which sort of goes into. What my second point under the instrument starter is, which is using different instrument sounds to inspire you differently. So just changing your guitar tone can change a lot, right? Like the kind of thing that I'm going to sort of come up with on the spot when you bring up the distortion on my electric guitar versus maybe just a little bit of overdrive is going to be a world of difference for several reasons. One is with tons of distortion, open guitar chords you know, like an open G chord or an open C chord, all the first chords you learn are almost always going to sound like utter garbage because the way distortion works is basically it takes those overtones and I think it even puts more overtones in sort of. And so, so it's adding a bunch of, of noise that doesn't quite fit with the chord, which is usually why you're playing distortion with either single notes or power chords, which power chords are just the one, the first, the fifth, and then the first again. So they're really a, a dyad. Uh, often. Um, and the reason for that is because there's so much harmonic stuff going on in distortion that if you add even that third note, it starts to get kind of messy. Um, so just those different implied rules that happen when you change guitar tone and you're just going to play differently when there's this nice reverb effect that and in and your guitar just sounds warm but not distorted at all versus like screaming distortion versus a really tubby distortion versus you know a totally clean electric guitar like all of those things are just going to change the way you're, you're improvising and change the way you're sort of playing around on the guitar change the way that you're writing and and if you have a keyboard Right? Like, I, I have a keyboard here. And, and usually, if you ever hear me, you know, play... Um, which, I don't know why you can't hear that. Oh, because I don't have the effect on. So you guys actually could hear that. I couldn't hear that, though. So that, right? That's because I have a keyboard next to me. I have a lot of my recording set up here. That's where I'm recording the podcast. And I'm using MIDI for that with a pretty nice piano emulator, which is why it sounds like, like you know, pretty real piano. Sounds pretty good. Um, but 
Uh, it's also a 88-key weighted keyboard by Yamaha, the classic like $350 fantastic keyboard that every pianist should own because you can easily bring it to any show. Sounds pretty good. has the full 88 keys and is weighted, which is, you know, if you're a pianist and you've ever tried to play non-weighted keys, it's just it's so weird and terrible. Um, but anyway... On that keyboard, I have a couple different uh, sounds. There's two different grand pianos, and then there's a crappy, like, strings or orchestra kind of thing. I think it's just called strings, so I think it's just string sounds. And then an organ. And uh, let me let me look, actually. There might be, like, a honky-tonk weird option, too. Let's look. Ah, I was wrong. There's no organ. There's a harpsichord. And there's also a honky-tonk. Now, being a piano purist, I frankly am not even a huge fan. Even though it sounds like a really good piano to me, and it makes recording it super easy, I'm not even a huge... Like, in an ideal world, I'd have a perfectly mic'd grand piano that I could go to for recording. So I'm, I'm a piano purist. I'm the kind of guy that's like, why would you ever use a keyboard when you can use a piano? You know, like nothing drives me crazier than when there's that nice grand piano in a church and then they're playing a stupid keyboard. Like that just drives me nuts. So I'm that guy. But sometimes if you just turn on the harpsichord or some of those other weird sounds, you're just going to play differently. That's just the nature of it. And... And that can be a good thing. So even if you end up going back to the piano sound, if you go back to the piano sound when you push comes to shove and you record the song and when you ever you play the song, sometimes just the different sounds of the harpsichord or the strings is going to just make you, or organ will make you just play differently. It will make you explore new avenues. So instead of, you know, when I always go sit at the same piano or whatever, my riffs have a very Joseph Vidala piano riff sound. And, you know, I'm not saying they're all the same. I don't think they're all the same at all. Um, there's several different sub-styles in there. Um, you know, they tend to be sort of melodic, and they tend to be more on the, like, eerie, eerie, lonely, sort of beautiful end, maybe like, like, but besides that, like, it's, it's not, it's not like they're all the same, but you know, changing up the sound can sometimes help to get out of that comfort zone. Maybe it'll be easier for me to write something catchy instead of memorable. Cause I usually lean heavily towards a memorable melody that sticks in people's heads and is, you know, memorable. I don't, I don't know how else to put that. Um, rather than something catchy that's just, you know, people are going to snap along to or clap along to or, you know, hit their leg or whatever. And, you know, another option, especially if you have a keyboard, uh, is, is just to use the synth on your computer, right? So right now I'm plugged into my recording setup. And uh, so I can switch right now to synth. And... And then, you know, I have a synth sound. And whatever I just played off the top of my head, 
Never done that before in my life. Probably never will do it again. But the way I played that was different than how I would... Like, when it's just a piano, I, I just don't play that way. Because it didn't inspire me that way. But this specific synth sort of sounded... Just, it sounds different. And it made me just play differently. And that's sort of the power that you're tapping into when you're changing up sounds. And another thing that I actually heard recently... Uh, I mentioned this before that I, I, I was, uh, well, I recorded before I was going to meet him, I think. So, um, I met with past tense now, a songwriter. His name is Felix is super awesome. And he's also the worship leader at my, at my church. Um, great guy. Super, super enjoyed my three, uh, three hour, I think it was conversation with him. Um, and something he mentioned that I thought, oh, wow, that, you know, I've actually I've not thought of that and it blew my mind. So I went, I went home, I think that night and, and tried it. And I've tried it a couple of times since as well. And it's that, uh, start with a drum beat because I always thought to myself like, well, okay. Um, you know, if, if you, if you turn on, uh, uh, you know, some sort of robotic sounding song, you know, I, I can think that's catchy and think it's cool, but it's never something that I just am inspired. Like I don't sit at a piano and just come up with that stuff. Or, you know, as much as I might like the sound of jazz sometimes, I, I just I just don't think like a jazz guy because that's not my nature. Um, but it's not that I don't I ever thought I couldn't write those things. It's just that it, it just isn't what comes to me. And the easy hack with that is start with a drum beat. So I guess I guess to get a little more specific. I, I think he was showing me this sort of robot themed uh, song that um, he w- that a church had him write for a VBS, I believe it was. And I could be mixing this up with something else, but I'm pretty sure that everything I'm saying now is accurate. Um, but so, and I think he said that he started with a drum beat with that. Um, so, and, and he, he cycled through using, uh, Omnisphere, I believe, and a different like drum loops or whatever, until he came to the, like, sort of rhythm that he liked and then he found a synth that he thought went with it or whatever and and played and and that's sort of how he figured out parts of the song and you know i thought wow that's so simple and yet so profoundly just just profound right because it's something that you might not think to do but especially me who's a very um melody first like when i hear a song rhythm is one of the last things i think of um and you know that usually comes where you come from so i'm i'm, I'm very much a a lead singer pianist type who you know what i what i listen for is i listen for the lyrics i listen for that melody that emotive melody i listen I do listen for, you know, the chords. I like I like the interesting chord progressions or chord progressions that, you know, aren't just cookie cutter and then they, they, they add a little something. They maybe put in a little surprise or I can tell that the chord progression was thought through more than like this chord progression sounds good. We'll just repeat this for five minutes and sing over it. Like I like that stuff. So so rhythm is one of those things that sort of uh, goes unnoticed by me a lot of times. And so the idea of starting with a drum beat is not something that I would necessarily think of, but it's amazing. I was just improvising on my guitar and my piano while uh, cycling through some drum loops uh, after after I I talked to him and and he had mentioned this. 
And it's amazing how much the sound changed just by, you know, you know, if, if they give a, you know, I don't know, like a bossa nova drum loop or bossa nova inspired drum loop or whatever. And, you know, all of a sudden your playing style just totally changes because now you have that rhythmic backdrop and you have to play along with the rhythm. And even though it's not a rhythm that you would initially think of or initially, you know, have in your head, or maybe you don't even know it well enough to sort of just have in your head, you know, as a musician, you're able to play along with it usually. So start with a drum beat is a fantastic way to change up your sound a little bit. Challenge yourself a little bit. Even even if you're at the beginning, or maybe you realize 99.9% of your songs are in 4-4 time, even a click track or a, drum, a basic drum beat that's in 3-4 time can be really helpful to just change that little bit because everything you do is in 4-4. Um, so... Second big point here is sometimes starting with a soundscape or a different sound. <clears throat> so I have a couple examples here, uh, including things that, that I, I personally have done. And one thing you could do is play over a soundscape backdrop like ocean waves or rain or, you know, birds in a rainforest singing. Like there, there's just <clears throat> infinite sort of sound loops out there. You know, some are calming, some might be eerie, some might be scary. Um, and try playing over that because it gives you a different, uh, a different context. It gives, it gives you a different feel while you're playing. And it's going to inspire that, right? If, if you hear some creepy forest that you're blasting through your speakers, you're not going to go to your piano and, you know, play something happy. I mean, you might, but then it's comedic, right? Because the happy you know, almost at being at war with like the creepiness of it would, would be humorous probably. But just doing that can, can really, again, it's just sort of changing the context, changing what, how your brain is thinking through things to sort of push yourself to places you might not otherwise go. And then something that I really enjoy doing is creating your own new sound. Um, or alternating sounds, or even doing alternate sounds that have been done before. So, something I've done several times is if I just want a guitar part or something, it sound just different, or just uh, just have a different feel to it, or sound like not a real instrument. And people will be like, "Oh, what is that?" Nice easy hack with that is do it backwards. So I've created. For one song that has not been released yet because it's going to be a part of, um, probably when I finish putting my band together, it'll probably be one of those songs. It's already mostly recorded, um, but no point in releasing it without a band, right? So, um, I actually took a guitar and I have the regular riff, but then I took all of the individual notes or whatever and then I reversed them. So I put them backwards. And then I pushed them together. So you get this weird, like, um, lead up into the note, which is it going backwards, and then the initial note hit, and then, you know, what happens after a note hit usually is it sort of fades over time, right? So it fades in and out. And just that sounds just totally 
different and foreign. It's really just a guitar that I sort of fit together a backwards and a forwards of the recording. I did a little extra to it. Like I didn't actually keep the, the peak of when the note was hit so that it was a little more come at you, draw back before it feels like it hits the peak. But you know, th- those are just details at that point. And you know, obviously you can do it however you want. So, so just, just that, or I once took, uh, the dinging of a grandfather clock at my house, uh, my old house growing up. And I literally just reversed that. So it's sort of the ding or whatever of the grandfather clock, but I slowed it down, I think pitch shifted it down and then made it go backwards to sort of make it sound like a, you know, a big clock tower instead of, instead of, uh, you know, a grandfather clock. Or something I did fairly recently, I actually recorded a fan, a ceiling fan. I just took a recording of a ceiling fan. Then I pitch shifted it down, slowed it down by a lot, and then I put a phaser on it to sort of make it go left and right and left and right. And it really, at the end of all that, just feels like this, this very different sort of background drone that almost sounds ocean wavy but yet not at all it's just different and then i wrote a whole song on top of that i just looped that and i'm like hmm this gives a different sound and wrote a whole very reserved sound around that i ended up using a vocoder with my voice to sort of give some some different notes it ended up having a feel like uh that coldplay song what what is it midnight or something by Coldplay. Um, and so I ended up having that song, which is sort of what I wanted to go for. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of a cool thing that I would like to try. And what helped me get there is that, uh, you know, I just took my, I have a little, it's like a $150 recording device. It has like two microphones on it and you can change, you know, whether it's XY configuration or figure eight or whatever the other one's called and you can just go around you can take it anywhere runs off of batteries you can even plug an actual microphone into it if you'd like um you know if you want a more high quality microphone like if you have a five thousand dollar microphone and you want to record with that you can do that too um and you can just record sounds so that's what i did with that and so there's infinite possibilities and um if you know the song somebody i used to know by gautier or you know, however you say his name, uh, there's some fascinating videos out there, or at least one, if you look up, he goes to the special park in Australia, I think it is, or New Zealand. Um, and they have a bunch of weird, just poles and posts and different things that make different noises when you hit them. Or even if you, you know, go to a, go to like, I'm not saying you should actually go there, right? Like, like there's just different sounds everywhere that might sound weird, right? Is your refrigerator making a funny noise? Maybe it's not. Maybe your refrigerator's normal noise. If you do something to it, it will be interesting. You know, maybe pitch shift it up, pitch shift it down, slow it down, speed it up. Combine it with, you know, like, you probably heard how from Star Wars, like the TIE Fighters, the sound of a TIE Fighter, I forget what it is. It's like an elephant bellowing backwards combined with something else or and the the uh oh what are they called whatever those uh creepy cloaked creatures are in 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 uh lord of the rings what are those called i cannot believe i'm blanking on their name but 
um, whatever they're called, I forget. It's like a mixture of a hawk cry and something else. So, like, it is a very common sound design thing to take different sounds or to take just normal kind of sounds and do something to change them or combine them. So there's just so many possibilities for what you can do, you know, beyond the more typical like rain, thunderstorm, uh, you know, ocean waves, which is no, there's nothing wrong with that. I've used all of those things before. Um, but you, but there's just infinite possibilities out there. Even if it's, you know, you're taking your kids to the park and you hit something, one of the metal poles in the park with, I don't know, a baseball bat. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a sound that you can work with. Um, so, so doing stuff like that can make a huge difference. Can totally change the way that you go about writing whatever song you write off of that. Or maybe it's a whole album you write off of that. Um, and then lastly, just co-write with someone. Right? Because somebody else is going to have strengths where you have weaknesses. And vice versa. And they're going to think through things a little more differently than you, right? My life experience is different than somebody else's life experience. And I'm a big fan of doing a lot of your writing by yourself because oftentimes I think things that are more genuine come from that, right? Because there's nothing more genuine than me putting my own experience. Once I mix somebody else's experience with my experience, it starts to become like this more theoretical because our hearts can't possibly be the same we don't feel pain the same way we don't feel happiness quite the same way the way we look at a beautiful woman we love is not quite the same like it just loses that little bit but there's so many good things that can come from co-writing even whether it be stylistic you know maybe you write the entire lyric and the other person writes the music or maybe you know you find that right middle ground of lyric where they do they can relate to you and and you know there's just so many possibilities when you co-write and they're just going to see things a little differently than you that will help you know you'll get to see parts of your inspiration parts of your lyric parts of your melody intertwine with something that you would never come up with because the way they think through music the their go-tos aren't the same as yours you know i'm very much a, a memorable piano riff high notes in the in the chorus that really just bring home that that emotion and then more reserved in the verses more in my baritone range like that that's sort of quintessential my sound um you know and certainly some songs are more that and less that and that write plenty of songs that don't use piano at all and but, you know, if you, if you were to, like, water me down to, to, like, what is typical Joseph? If I were to say, what's typical Joseph? That's probably more or less what you would come up with. Um, but if I write with somebody where, like, everything they write is just relentlessly catchy. They just, you just tap your foot and you're happy when you listen to their stuff. You know, they're not trying to make you think about some of the deeper parts of life. They just want to make you smile. You know, and when we come together, what will come of that? You know, maybe maybe it will be a smile that a song that makes you smile, but is also deeper than what they would usually come up with. Or 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 who you know who knows? Maybe we just come up with something totally different than either of us have has ever done. That's not even in the middle of what we do. It's just way out in left field, and it's just interesting and different. So co-writing is another fantastic way to get out of your creative box. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. 
If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.